Do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Sure are. That is all I know. And I do know that it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Time for the Mark Order Podcast. You're part of the Shining Wizards Network. We got two live poop night. That means it's uh, two for me, two for you. Brian Schlong and Aunt Money here for you hanging out. Hope everybody's doing well. I don't know where Ryan said I was last week, but we'll talk about it. I think you're dead. Dead? Oh, man. That's harsh. Even for us. Seems harsh. Yeah, I wasn't sure how we ended up there, but I think that's where we ended up. Thanks a lot, pal. Thanks a lot. So what's new, Ryan? How's everything going since I last saw you? Things are good. Things are good. Uh, you you saw me recently, so it's not been that, been that long. Uh, just enjoying another week of fairly good Dynamite and just having a good old time. Yeah, Dynamite was good tonight. We'll talk about it. It's a lot of build, right? Like, it's a pay-per-view week, so there's not going to be a whole lot of stuff going on. And it's like a double pay-per-view build because they really have to get to the one the following week, which I think a lot of people forget about. It's all out. So Yeah, this is really poorly planned. It's not that I think it was poorly planned. It's that they just really don't do a good job of like, I don't know if I want to say thinking it through or at least just making sure that they have the right builds in place, but we'll get there. We'll talk about it. Um, Yeah. So Ryan, I saw you Saturday for New Japan Super Junior Tournament, whatever they were calling it. Yep. That was a lot of fun. Saw a lot of wrestling that day. And then you you went the second night to the Multiverse of Madness show with Impact. I did. How was that? That was excellent. That, that yep. was it's it's tough because like I would say the match quality might have been better on Super Junior just because you're the, the wrestlers that were there. Though there was a lot of crossover, so it wasn't like you had you know a big decrease in, in the quality of wrestler, but store like you I, I loosely follow Impact. I kind of do a lot of catch up. I, I watch it a lot at one time. So story helps a show out a lot. And obviously an impact, you know, special is full of, is full of story. You mean you didn't enjoy the battle for the Philly cheesesteaks? No, that was excellent. And needs, there needs to be more of that in wrestling. Every, and, and not just Philly cheesesteaks, just whatever area you're at, uh, a ladder match with non-gimmicked ladders for the local food. That was frightening. I think we said it. 
excuse me, we said it a few times to each other. Like those ladders don't look like they're meant to do what they're trying to do on them. Yo, was- what's scary is it's not like the falling is never the issue mm-hmm. because a ladder is going to hurt no matter if it's because they don't gimmick the ladders to be super soft or anything. The issue is once someone's fallen on it, it's not climbable. Right. Right. And, and we saw so, that happen. And you, I think you pointed out at one point when you bought you, you don't buy a gimmick ladder. Only one side is walkable. I think it depends on the ladder, but most of them, yes, are like that, where you're only supposed to really walk up one side of the ladder. They they bought one that had two sides. Every other one was one sided, but guys would try to do both. And I that is, and the, listen, I know they're super junior, so they're not the big show, right? But they're still big dudes. They they work out. They're in great shape. Like that is a lot. Either way, you're standing up there, moving around, you know, fighting, right? So you're putting stress on those tiny little rungs on the backside of the ladder. So it was... That are not made for human weight. Right. That are not meant to stand on. So, uh, well, it was a lot of fun on Saturday. Uh, and I'm glad that Sunday's show was a lot of fun, too. And from what I hear, this show last week was a lot of fun. The 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 podcast or the dynamite? The podcast. I don't care about dynamite. Yeah, of course, podcast is always fun. Though apparently, I, it was so much fun that two of our people needed to take off a week. Yeah, I don't know where Kate went. Um, but actually, this pulls me into, I guess, our next point. We're going to do an unceremonious announcement uh, because we don't have anybody here. But... Um, you know, uh, we've uh, we've had some of us. I'm just going to launch into it, Ryan, because I don't know what else to say. But we, uh, you know, for the past few weeks here, maybe about a month, we've had a bunch of a bunch of us have been traveling or doing some other stuff. Uh, so we weren't here, and we had um, Asian Joe sit in with us a few times as a fill in. We've we had a lot of fun with him, um, and uh, we've been having so much fun that we thought uh, it'd be great for him to become a full-time member of the Mark Order podcast here. So, um, you know, as of today, well, as of yesterday, he accepted the offer to become the fourth horseman of the Mark Order podcast, although technically he might be the fifth. I better not say that too loud. Millionaire Matt might might sue us or something. If he shows up. That's what... Oh, oh, oh. Oh, radio war. Um, so yeah, so uh, Asian Joe, while he's not here tonight, uh, he's going to be uh, a full-time member of this show. Uh, and we look forward to uh, having him here. He had some, uh, well, he had some travel problems because we told him that we were going to be in Georgia tonight for Dynamite. And he just was like, cool, I'll buy a ticket. And he just went. So You're being nicer than I am. I want to call him out. Don't call him out. Um, oh, he deserves it. He big timed us on his first night. No, it's okay. He didn't big time us. We we didn't. I didn't realize. No, I'm mess, totally messing. I obviously wouldn't. Um, but seriously, um, we look forward to having Joe with us on a regular basis. And uh, we've got some other things in the works that we're talking about with Joe and a few other people that we will sort of announce when the time is right when we've got things hashed out a little bit more uh but uh, asian joe should be with us next week 
um, you know, and from here on out. So congratulations uh, to Asian Joe. The crowd loves it. They're going wild back there. Boo. Boo. Oh, hey. Don't do that. Boo. So anyway, uh, the other thing is um, regular in the chat room, 1LT Photo. I know you guys talked about it last week. He got our sign on television. I did see that while I was away. Um, that was exciting. So first sign on television. Uh, I've been in contact with him. We were going to try to get him on tonight, but he's traveling. So um, possibly next week we might have 1LT sitting on with us. Uh, I also don't know if he wants us using shoot names, so I'm just going to keep saying 1LT. Um, one Lawrence Taylor Photography. Uh, oh, uh, will possibly be with us next week. So we want to talk to him. Uh, we want to talk to him about the show and thank him for getting a sign on the air and also have him sit in for all his hard work. So, uh, stay tuned for that too. Man, all, all, even our, uh, our, uh, sign guy is big time on his hand. What the hell? Listen, it's the end of summer. You have to expect this. People are going to be taking their vacations. I'm going to big time you in a month. I'm going to be on another trip, so I won't be here. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on with uh, with us. And, uh, you know, I would be, it would be shitty, Ryan, if we didn't at the very least uh, call out the fact that there was, there was a major loss in the wrestling world today. Uh, we, uh, we've lost Terry Funk. Uh, so, um, unfortunately the news broke today that Terry Funk has, uh, has passed away. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, tributes, you know, have been sort of pouring in. I saw the first news on, uh, on TMZ and believe it or not, TMZ gets a lot of that shit, right? But Mick Foley, um, shared the news today. Um, so did uh Rick Flair. Uh Terry Funk was 79. Um and uh recently, you know, in, in recent years he um he came out he was living with Parkinson's disease and dementia along with some other, you know, uh aches and pains and injuries associated with, you know, 50 years worth of wrestling. Um uh but he passed away today. He was born in Indiana um into a wrestling family. Uh his father was Dory um, and, uh, his brother was Dory jr. A wrestler and a trainer, uh, grew up in West Texas, wrestled in the national wrestling alliances, Florida territory throughout the seventies, winning NWA world's heavyweight championship once in 1975. Um, and he worked in Japan at the same, you know, in the same time, uh, teaming with Dory jr. And all, uh, in all Japan in this throughout the seventies and eighties. Um, he also made his way to, uh, to the WWE. Well, WWF, uh, he wrestled in WCW, also wrestled in ECW. Um, so he had a lot, uh, he, he did a lot of wrestling throughout his career and maybe my favorite thing, uh, that, uh, Terry Funk ever did roadhouse. He was in roadhouse, roadhouse. with Patrick Swayze. So, um, Terry Funk, I don't have a bell sounder. I'd play 10 bell salute. Hell of a career. Chainsaw Charlie. Chainsaw Charlie. I just brought him up. 
I brought him up today, obviously talking about it, but it's funny because I mentioned him a couple days ago in passing. I was just like, remember Chainsaw Charlie? Just yeah, I mentioned him too because of uh, Dynamite when you had uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre come out. Oh, look at that. I wasn't even thinking about that. Should we talk about that? Because uh, no. why? What'd you guys think? Well, I mean, we didn't, I mean, it's just, it was a bad match. Here's what I don't understand, Ryan. So listen, I get what they're trying to do. I don't, I didn't, let me say this. I didn't have a problem with it. You want to know why? I knew exactly what it was going to be. It was going to be garbage. I mean, I didn't get angry over it. I just didn't like it. I mean, who's going to like it? It's a fucking, well, that's, I'm sure. I don't get mad. I mean, it, it is, there's, there's companies do things like that all the time to make money. I'm glad they did it on a random dynamite rather than like uh WWE did their, their Mountain Dew blackout match on a pay-per-view. Oh, that's like, just dumb, it, yes. So they like, give it to me on dynamite. But other than that, I don't really care. I get it. Like got to make your money somehow. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, as far as what they're trying to do, right. I think that, um, it was good for them. From what I read, Turner was very happy with what they did because of the corporate synergy between the video game. They were doing it for charity, right? So I think some of the revenue they got from basically the partnership went They to gave charity. it all to charity. Okay, so all of it, even better than I thought. It, and, it wasn't supposed to be, but they did it when Maui thing, uh, Maui happened. Sure. Um, and, and, you know... I, I knew what I was going to get. What I was just shocked at is how many people were really, really angry at it. And a lot of those people are the same people who are like, if you said anything about some other match, the response usually half the time is like, it's just supposed to be fun. It's just supposed to be fun. It's like, yeah, I get it. So I'm just wild at how I just find it wild how many people had major problems and have been, you know, have just been so vocal about it. To me, it was just a passing thing. Getting a paycheck, working corporate synergy. They're going to do Most more. I heard that people were annoyed that it had to do with that it was coming in as they were building to all in and all out. And people were like, you don't have a lot of time and you're wasting time with this, which is fair. If you're someone who's like waiting for that thing to hook you again, the match itself that had some moments that cracked me up and then other really just what it was moments. My favorite, I don't really care. My favorite part is they put some gold around Jeff Jarrett's belt. They put gold around his waist. Yeah. Uh, don't know what that means, but yeah, he's a belt. He owns the the Leatherface belt. That's all I know. Oh, I, so is it gold or is it leather? It's gold on leather. Should just be leather on gold. I mean, it should be leather on leather. It should have the leather face. Well, it had leather face on it, but it should have been a leather face. It really should have been. You're right. That's branding. Well, I don't know. Um. What else, Ryan? Anything else we want to chat about before we we kick this thing forward? I think we hit the main topics. Sure. Uh, all right. So let's do this. Let's just run through Rampage very quickly um, to go through the card. 
because uh, we do have a bunch of stuff to talk about for Dynamite tonight, so we want to make sure we have plenty of time to get to that. Rampage, we had Phoenix defeating Commander. Uh, an interview with Britt Baker backstage. Uh, Giants TV congratulate, congratulate QT Marshall on winning gold in Mexico. Aussie Open defeated Ethan Page and Brother Zay. Um, there was also a uh, Davis and Fletcher heel promo on uh, MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, Righteous and Stu Grayson uh, said some uh, dangerous or ominous things uh, about uh, damage that they'll do in AEW. So that was interesting, Schlong. The Righteous and uh, Stu talking about AEW, not necessarily staying in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Hardy's cut a promo. Sammy Guevara defeated John Cruz. Good for John Cruz. Uh, Nyla Rose uh had a pre-tape promo which was sort of surprising it's like who are you oh you're nyla rose that's right um and then we had our main event which was uh shida and sky blue versus tony storm and ruby soho uh and um um sky blue uh, uh sky blue and shida wound up coming out with the win sorry uh, and then she didn't then, sky blow it. She did not sky blow it. Although we'll talk about sky blue tonight. I think her shorts are getting smaller and smaller. They vary. She definitely has one pair that, because you could just follow the timeline on Twitter and be like, Oh, yep. He, she must be wearing the short ones. <laughs> so Shalong, as far as rampage goes, it seemed like a pretty standard rampage. Um, I, I honestly didn't see it. Um, but it seemed pretty standard. Um, and, you know, again, we're sort of building just to get to all in here. So nothing surprising. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I watched it. It was good. It wasn't, you know, the best rampage, but it was, they've actually really improved the quality of rampages. I don't know. Can't even really tell you why, but they've done something and it's just felt different. It has felt different. It has felt a little more important over the past few weeks. And I'm hoping that's not just, um, I'm hoping that's just not due to the build to the pay-per-view and then it falls back to nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I hope they're trying to pull it up to the same level as the other shows that they're putting out there, but we'll see. The one thing I'll say, Ryan, is I just, um, Brothers Zay and Ethan Page getting beaten. You have to expect it, right? We're trying to keep Aussie open strong to the pay-per-view. But we've talked about this before. Why does it have to be Ethan Page? I don't know what they're doing with him, and it's really disappointing. He's got way too much skill and talent to not be winning matches. It's just really unbelievable, man. Like, they've... The problem is there's they really do have a lot of talent, right? Like on their roster. And it's sort of a blessing and a curse. But at some point, like, you know, what are we what are we doing with somebody at the level of Ethan Page? Like that's it's just surprising how many times, you know, he's getting taken out. And I don't know. I just there's there's gotta be more for Ethan Page. There's gotta be more. Yeah, I I mean I I agree completely. The, he can talk. He's built great. He can wrestle. There's literally not a thing about him that you were like, no, nah, he doesn't. He's not a good wrestler. Like someone I want with belt. No, he's built to be a great, like a, a main player. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's just surprising. Um, 
it's surprising that Ethan Page continues to find himself in in the position that he's in, but he's got a lot to offer. So I'm hoping at some point they're like, here's something for Ethan Page. So we'll see. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't know what it is, but the, he needs something. Needs something big time. Uh, all right. Unless you had something else you'd like to call out about uh, Rampage, Ryan, I can move on to Collision. I'm good. Okay. So we didn't see this live because we were in Philadelphia. Um, but I got a chance to catch up on this one. Um, so they've been doing what they've been doing, where they open up with, you know, some sort of promos and play the entrance music. And Samoa Joe's out first. And he's there to fight a, a jobber called the Golden Vampire. Well, he gets he gets taken out early by the vampire. Uh, and um, throw it around and gets kneed in the corner, put up for a GTS, and then the mask comes off. It's CM Punk. CM Punk says, I accept, bitch, and now we're off to all in. So um, that was a little bit of fun, I guess, uh, alter ego work. Although would have been great, Schlong, if they dressed him up like Fuego Dos. You don't even have Fuego 1 anymore, though. It's okay. You own Fuego Dos. That's true, but then it would require um, Joe being a complete moron and being like Pepsi tattoo, all these other things. But I don't know who this is. He could have truthfully, he kind of looks like a moron anyway. But he could have been Fuego Trace, full body suit Fuego Trace. I would have accepted that. That would have been great. So we're off to the races with Poe, uh, Poe, with Joe and Punk, uh, going to all in. You, you've been watching the uh, Teletubbies? No, and I haven't been reading Edgar Allen either. Quote the Raven. Nevermore. Um, oh, quote the Raven. What about me? What about Raven? What about me? What about Raven? Uh, Jay White versus Dalton Castle. And while you know I love me some Dalton Castle, I had no doubt uh, this was going to go down the way it did. Jay White. Winds up coming out on top, and then um, we talked to the Bullet Club uh, Gold, uh, and they had a message for Omega, the so-called god of professional wrestling, uh, and you know they cut a they cut a promo. Um, sorry. Uh, all right. So laughing. Uh, Hold on. Yeah, SJ in the chat laugh, saying ter- Teletubbies are are terrifying. Meanwhile, I know for a fact she's like into horror movies and whatnot. I mean, the Teletubbies are fucking weird, man. They're, oh, I don't know what the person who made them was taking when they did it, but it was something. Acid, ketamine, something, mushrooms. It was something. All the above. Um, during that promo schlong, the guns uh, basically throw down uh a challenge uh and uh that brings out jack jameson and the iron savages so we get ready for six-man tag team it's the iron iron savages and jack jameson versus bullet club gold uh and um bullet club gold wind up defeating the iron savages and jack jameson good to see the iron savages on television though yeah but there's only really one thing to talk about did you see the thing that was making waves all over the internet i don't know what I get confused on which one, which bear is which. <laughs> the thin one or the big one? The the thin one. The one now, and he goes. I think that's Boulder. 
he gets in the ring and he goes, eating ass. <laughs> and it was everywhere. <laughs> Excuse me. I did not see that making its way around the internet. But I oh, did, yeah. It was, I did see the match. I must not have been paying attention. It was quite popular. Well, I imagine. I mean, don't blame people. Who doesn't love a little of that? It's for the kids. That's all I know. Leave that's that what I've been told. The young. Um, we get Ricky Starks talking to Shivani backstage. He's upset about being suspended, uh, and uh, he's already served half of this suspension, and the whole thing feels like a joke. Um, and last week he said he was going to bring a war to AEW, and he meant every word he said tonight. Those in attendance and everyone watching at home, he's going to bring chaos. So keep an eye out for Ricky. And the big show happens to be there. I always keep an eye out for Big Bill. Big show. Jesus. Big Bill. Well, well, it's the big show. It's the big Bill. Um, Let's see. All right. Big Bill comes out versus Derek Neal. Derek Neal gets beat by Big Bill. Um, And Starks is with Bill. And, you know. Um, they beat him down. So Starks and big bill are a thing. I guess that's cool. As long as Starks doesn't come off TV, I'm good. Yeah. I don't care what, as long as he needs to be important. And so far they're treating him like he's important. So I'm good with it. Yeah. I'm really good with that. Uh, Schlong Willow versus Diamante, uh, Willow Nightingale defeats Diamante, but very good to see Diamante on TV. Uh, and always love seeing Willow. So, uh, I thought this match was pretty good. Well, they've known what they've had in Willow for a while now. You can just tell that they've, they have some renewed faith or whatever in her. We're like, yeah, we get it now. She is a face that people love and are going to continue to love. I'm glad that they're finally putting their, their, Faith in Diamante. She's been killing it on Dark and Elevation for how long? Then when they cancel, she goes over to to ROH and was killing it there. It's like you can only ask somebody to be that, you know, do what you want for so long without rewarding them. So I'm glad that they're finally rewarding her with, you know, television stuff. Yeah. I mean, Diamante's great. And we had seen her, I mean, all over television during the pandemic, uh, yeah. during the lockdown. So <clears throat> I think they know what they got. Um, Hopefully we see more of Diamante, you know, on TV in this women's division. She can only help. Um, Another Tony Storm interview backstage. The only thing I really want to say about that is Bravo. She's been doing fucking great in this spot with these interviews. Just fantastic. I don't know whose idea it was, but if it was hers, she knew what she wanted to do because goddamn, it's been amazing. Yeah, the this like 1920s, 30s Hollywood, you know, starlet is like such a fantastic thing for her yeah. to be doing. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Great work. Uh Hobbs versus Kevin Koo. Of course, Hobbs is gonna defeat Kevin Koo. Um and then um Hobbs uh after the match gets him in the camel clutch. Um and he's screaming, where's Miro? And that's when Miro appears on the big screen. Um, uh, and now we have it all set for um, for uh, All Out. Uh, Redemption is coming for Hobbs, and it's uh, going to piss on his cold, dead body. 
That is why. And Miro may not have a god, but Hobbs does, and it's Miro. Or Miro may not pray to anyone, but Hobbs prays to Miro now. You got to love it. Miro is God. Yes, I love it. Uh, and that should be a great match, right? They can both they can both go. And we've been oh, looking yeah, for Miro to get more involved with something. So That's just going to be two beefcakes beefing it out. Beefcakes. Follow your dreams. Yeah. You can reach your goals. I'm living proof. Uh. Christian Cage versus Darby Allen, Schlong. That's our main event for the night. Uh, and um, I don't know why Christian Cage was fighting. He's not a champion, but I guess he's just settling a grudge, right? Yeah, I mean, just a grudge match, that's all. You figured you'd want to fight for the title, but when he's not your champ, you can't put that title on the line. Who's not our champ? Luke, Christian uh... Cage. He's our champ. No, 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 no. Nope. You're mistaken. No, no. You're mistaken. No. I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. Luchasaurus is not our champ. It's Christian Cage. He's absolutely our champ. Uh, Christian Cage keeps saying it's him. I believe Christian Cage. Well, then you, my friend, should know that I have a swamp in Florida to sell you. I mean, that's okay. There's a lot of swamps in Florida. I've got the best one. Okay, how much? $1,000. I see, I got you by asking questions. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of how high you're willing to go. Well, it depends on how nice this swamp is. I'll have to see it first. It's really nice. It's very nice. Um, so anyway, Christian Cage and um, Christian Cage and Darby Allen uh, in the main event. Darby Allen defeats Christian Cage. And then uh, Shivani gets in the ring to interview Darby. Uh, and Darby's uh, talking about getting his uh, shot for the TNT championship at All Out in a couple weeks. Uh, so it looks like that's when he's going to get his shot. Um, so All Out, not All In for Darby and Luchasaurus. Well, Darby's busy at All In. It's true. I understand. He could, could do double duty. Do you some, understand? Do you? Do you need me to explain it to you? Are, some people are doing double duty. You sure you don't want me to explain it to you? The bro Jachos are doing double duty, Ryan. They are, but I that that's a that's for the story. Of course, and it's fantastic, and we're gonna talk about it. Um Schlong, anything on uh collision that you'd like to talk about in particular, like uh, because I thought that this was a good show, and again. My only concern with both Rampage and Collision is that right now, because we've got this big show to build in, uh, to build to at All In, my only fear is that they're really pushing hard on all of these shows. And then right after the pay-per-view or pay-per-views, because they have All Out the next week, it's going to fall apart again. I don't think so. I have faith in them. I don't know. They've been hitting for a while now. I get nervous only because historically they haven't done a great job at building these shows. Like even this card for all in, and we're going to talk about the card a little bit. Um, but like even the card to all in, like really wasn't like solidified. Um, and it's still sort of fluid. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to talk about that a little bit, but you know, it's just sort of, it's mind boggling how like 
you announced this like two weeks ago. And I guess maybe, maybe it speaks to the fact like, well, they don't have to, and they still sold it like, yeah, great. But like historically they've sort of pulled this before and it doesn't always work out. Yeah, I, I like to think though, that they, like I said, they, if you look at the stories that they have in this though, none of the stories were quickly thrown together. Just the matches were announced late, but the stories themselves have existed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, there's still there's still a whole lot that's uh, sort of going on behind the scenes. Like there's a lot of moving parts. Um, well, that's part of it too. They're actually running into some real life issues in terms of booking. Yeah, that's pr- proving it. You know, that seem to be generally out of everyone's control. Not even like the wrestlers are at fault. Yeah, I mean that one. That one you can't sort of you can't. You can't predict the injuries, right? Like they absolutely wanted to have Danielson, he's injured. They wanted to have Jamie Hader injured. They wanted to have Pac, he's injured again. You know, so it's almost yeah. like you can't fault that stuff for happening. The real world stuff you can't either. But like, I don't know. We're, we're going to talk about it as we get into dynamite. But at the time, I say at the time because some changes have been made. We're going to talk about it. We know that the card was, as of Saturday, <clears throat> MJF and Adam Cole for the championship. The Women's World Championship was going to be Shada, uh, Tony Storm, Soraya, and Dr. Britt Baker in a four-way. Uh, the tag team title, uh, tag team championship, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Stadium Stampede, which was the Blackpool Combat Club, plus three uh, mystery members versus Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, and Lucha Brothers. Uh, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi, the Golden Elite, versus Takeshita, Switchblade, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. Um, Jericho versus Osprey, the Coffin Match, which was Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerve Strickland and AR Fox, and then the Real World Championship, CM Punk and Samoa Joe, and the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship in the pre-show is going to be Aussie Open versus MJF and Adam Cole. That was the announced card as of Saturday. So what happened tonight? I don't know. Well, I do know, actually. And we're going to talk about it. But before we get to it, since there's a lot of stuff happening tonight's episode, um, I want to preemptively take our break now, Ryan. I know it's pretty early for us to be taking a break, but I want to take our break. That way we can get all of our thoughts together on Dynamite um talk about all in touch on some of the other news and notes in the second half of our show so uh stay tuned everybody uh listen to some of the other shows that are part of this wonderful network that we're on the shining wizards network and we will be right back after this break We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to The Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. 
You can become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizards podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers. And the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive. And believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web. And make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Doesn't cost you anything. Helps us out, and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is the Shining Wizards. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway! What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage 
of Everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under pounders that co-host Rogue Day Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and if you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulk of Plex? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe. And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke Road. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death of WCW. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That, uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the, the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's, uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. It's a podcast for two men. Two men. Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right. And who better to talk about a man's sport than Duke Oklahoma. Once in a while, Vince Russo is top five. Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to the Year of Duke and Rome podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you gotta slide one in there. If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about sliding one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. Alright, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, we're back here on the Mark Order podcast, building up to All In, the go-home episode of Dynamite, which was also Fighter Fest, where they say a lot of That's fights. for happen. fighters. It's for fighters. They say a lot of fights happen on Fighter Fest. Well, tonight, not so much, but we're going to talk about it. But before we do, Ryan... I want to do a little bit of business for ourselves. I want to let everybody know that they can find us at Mark Order Pod on all of our socials, uh, Facebook, X, Instagram, give it to you. YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, and if you go there, you can find a link tree in our bio and you can support us by picking up one of our T-shirts in our official pro wrestling tea store. Uh, we've got, uh, four shirts in our store, uh, two front prints, two back prints, and a portion of that goes back to us. Um, 
to put into this show for all the things that uh, that we do here. Uh, so if you'd like to support us, that's the best way to do it right now. Um, so head over to our link tree, click the link and go to our pro wrestling tea store, or you can go directly there to pro wrestling slash mark order pod, or you can just search pro wrestling teas for the mark order podcast and we will pop right up. We thank you in advance for purchasing a shirt. If you feel like doing so, and, uh, don't forget some of us say, if you buy a shirt from us, uh, you support women, we would agree with that. We don't have shirts. We don't support women. Let's, but not, let's let's not give them reasons to not buy it. That's true. That's true. Am I am I delayed or are you delayed? You were a little delayed on my end, but who knows? Um. Anyway, Ryan, before we jump into Dynamite tonight, <clears throat> I'd like to call up some news that happened this week because it sort of had to do with some of what we saw uh, tonight. So yesterday, um, yesterday, uh, Tony Khan, uh, talked to the media about all in and, um, he said that he expected the all in card to change between now and, and Sunday's show. Uh, his quote there was, there will be adjustments to the card. Some of them have been planned from the beginning. Some are things we're dealing with on the fly. Um, so we were expecting some things maybe to change tonight. He did go on um to detail you know some things uh like pulling a main match that was going to feature Brian Danielson after he got injured at Forbidden Door um and he, that he had hoped to have Jamie Hayter and Pack as we had you know mentioned before the break featured on all in and and that's all injury you know uh related but he also went on to say now I'm going to be honest with you about all uh, more stuff I expect more changes uh, they were not changes I wanted to make or planned to make. I'm not talking about the aforementioned matches, not the world championship match between MJF and Adam Cole, or, or even the world tag team uh, title match or any of the other matches that I just brought up. He he had been talking about a few others. He said there will spe- there will po- probably excuse me be some other changes to the card nece- necessitated by things happening in the real world. Stuff in some cases, stuff that's nobody's fault, but stuff that is not related to the world of professional wrestling. And I'm going to try to work through this week uh, to make sh- make it as strong as possible, actually hopefully making the card better than it had been. There will be changes to the card. I plan to add something, and I might have to make some changes to the body of the card as it stands right now, but they're not substantive uh, substantive changes that will change the quality of the show. And I'm very glad that the big matches are in such a good position right now. Um, He did say he will discuss the changes more after the show in the media scrum on Sunday. Um, So we knew that yesterday. Now I think some of that sort of probably came up due to the news that came out about uh, Cash Wheeler being arrested and uh, for a road rage incident. Uh, where he apparently flashed a gun uh, in in a fit of road rage. Uh, apparently, there's no changes to that uh, because they didn't see him as a flight risk. He wasn't asked to turn over his passport, um, you know, as part of sort of the, uh, you know, the incident that occurred, uh, or at least the, the court hearing that took place. Um, and apparently, he's been cooperating, you know, with all the proper authorities. Now, if you ask me, Ryan, 
he's a little above the the standard talent. So if he's gonna work, he wouldn't be punished in any way. The, that this match is good. That match is gonna happen as long as nothing happens with the court where they say he can't travel. He'll he'll they'll be there Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I try not to like on a legal issue. I don't know a lot about just speak too heavily, but obviously, I don't think there's any justification for ever pulling a gun on someone unless we hear this is self-defense which he pleaded not guilty so i'm waiting to hear this you know we're all waiting to hear the story uh but once i did hear like because the charges were like assault with a firearm or something or some similar thing to that Mm -hmm. and i couldn't figure out you know was that shooting was when you hear it's just like brandishing it kind of like it's it's not good but it does lessen the blow a lot i think from from at least just how I judge human beings of being like, do I like it? No. Would I think it's the end of the world? No. Yeah. And I think, again, I'm no legal expert. I think assault, assault means there was like a possibility of battery, right? Like you didn't beat somebody up, but there is sort of that possibility. Like an implied threat. Yeah. Sure. Um, so um, either way, I call that up now because some of what we're going to talk about is going to be related to that as we go through tonight's show. Um, and it's pretty clear where I think some of that happened. And we have some details on some. I'll bring it up as we discuss. So with that, Ryan, shall we jump in? Let's dive into the dynamite. Now, dynamite tonight, as we said, was Fighter Fest uh, from Georgia. Um, they did open up with a graphic for Terry Funk, as you'd expect them to, uh, into the intro video. And then we're supposed to have Bullet Club Gold versus the Elite, but chaos ensues on the entrance ramp. Um, the Elite are attacked by um, Juice Robinson and the Ass Boys. Uh, Switchblade also helps out. Uh, during the fray in the ring, uh, juice knocks out, um, the referee. Uh, so the match never takes place. It is a, it is just a beat down and an assault. Takeshita eventually makes his way to the ring. Um, and commentary pretty much is like, well, the match won't be happening. Uh, so, um, uh, FTR do come down to make the save. Uh, Omega is able to get to Takeshita with a knee but he slips out of the one-winged angel and, and runs off. So, again, this is just building to everything that's going to be happening right at all in. We know that Kenny is going to be involved in a match with um, Ibushi and Hangman uh, versus Takeshita and, uh, you know, uh, Jay White. And I can't remember who the third is. I slips my mind right now. but. Um, so we're just uh we're just you know sort of building to that. Uh I had no problems with this, you know, again sort of knowing what show this was Ryan. I mean, what would you make of this? Anything you'd like to call out? No, this made a lot of sense. I mean, this is kind of again, we're in, we're in a building show, so you're trying to not building, you're in a go home show, I should say. So you're 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 going to limit certain things and I don't think this match would have been one you really wanted to have leading up to the pay-per-view. So this makes a lot more sense. Uh, it, it, like I said, um, 
I, I think the interesting thing here, though, is what I've liked the whole time is that the way they've used FTR, because FTRs had problems with the, the uh, bulk of gold on collision, they have their match with the Bucks, which we're hearing an interview later, but they clearly want this to be healthy Bucks because they want to prove they're the best. So it's been this nice, like, it's not good guys saving good guys, which sometimes doesn't make sense. It's we have a vested interest in keeping you healthy, plus we hate these guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of interweaved, you know, intersecting uh, stories here. As you said, FTR had their match against Jay White and uh, and Juice. Now they've got the Bucks. They're trying to keep them healthy. You know, we've got the issue between Bullet Club Gold and Omega and Takeshita with Don Callis family. So I didn't have a problem with this either. I thought it worked. It was a fine way to open the show. There's no way that you could have this match with an outcome. You know what I mean? No. Um, to have anybody look good going into the pay-per-view. So. I mean, no you could beat, you could beat the guns, but just like, what's the point? It doesn't really help anyone. Yeah. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So moving on from the opening fray, Ryan, um, we have MJF sitting down backstage with the ravishing Renee Paquette. And he says his trunks will be tight in London. And he's like the 2023 version of the British Bulldog, but a better public speaker. And he calls for the loudest main event in the history of wrestling and promises everyone in the building a pine if they do, except he'll make the mark Tony Khan pay for it. But edit that part out. What's that? Edit that part out. Yes, that's right. We'll edit that out. Um, so he says he's about to be the biggest headliner in the history of pro wrestling, and that's crazy when you consider everyone who came before him. He's standing on the shoulder of giants, and if he wins Sunday, he might become a giant himself. So there's a lot of pressure, but he's ready for it. And the the crazy thing, Ryan, is again, I I think we've praised them for this before. The fucking ads just play on my phone. Oh god. Um. We've praised Christ, I'm looking up something in the ads play. <laughs> it's all good, Ryan. But we we've talked about this before, and I I praise them for this a lot because it, it's not wrestling in a vacuum, right? Like they'll mention the names of other people at other companies. He, he said Hulk Hogan, you know, I mean Stone Cold, The Rock, John Cena. Like he named all of these other guys. Um, and I, and I think that's great. You have to have those people exist in a real world to say you're going to be taking yourself to that level. So he says that this is all new to him and he's never had a genuine friend in his life. Uh, and that's not him trying to be funny or to work us. It's real. Adam Cole's made him a better person in a really short period of time. And it taught him that he can let his guard down. And they're not just friends, they're brothers. And brothers fight, they're competitive, but they always make, uh, make up and they always hug it out. And he gets why people have trouble trusting him. And if you think about the worst thing you've done in your life, he's probably done it twice. And he just asks that uh, we go on the journey and be vulnerable with him. And he promises it'll be rewarding. And that's the first promise in his life he intends to keep because he's not just a scumbag. He's our scumbag. He is our scumbag. And what I liked about this too, Ryan, was Renee pulled up all of the evidence of like, you know, is your friendship real? And they showed over the past, you know, month or month and a half, you know, when uh, he looked like he was not happy with with Adam Cole, uh, when he almost hit him behind his back, 
you know, when they hugged it out, but then Adam Cole turned away and he, you know, turned stone faced. So I like that they're sort of playing into this. And I love the fact that MJF is continuing to play the super face here. Um, but you just always have it in the back of your head that this is an MJF. We, we know MJF and that this is an MJF. I liked all of this. I thought it was perfectly fine. And we're also building to sort of two matches for them uh, on, uh, on Sunday. It is actually scary how good MJF is at the standard babyface promo. Like, he just knows the cadence. He knows how to deliver it. Though, I, this, like, this is where, from an, like, just sticking to a kayfabe viewer point of view of the character I've watched from start of AEW, I do believe MJ, the character they build up with MJF is someone who wants to be loved, someone who wants a friend as much as Tony from the Shining Wizards would hate that. Um, he is someone who, but he can't be vulnerable. So I think this is a mix of that, which I think just adds a layer of like, I like character stories. So I like that there's this guy out here who's kind of like, he might actually be getting along with Adam Cole. But in the end, if he betrays Adam, if it goes that way, in the end, his insecurities still win. Like I don't, it's a good story and it's far more depth than they're actually putting on there. Like you have, you, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be reading that completely wrong, but they've at least built the character enough that you can make assumptions like that or start playing that game of like, what does he really want? So that's what I think makes this story even better is that you could start to wonder, like maybe he really does just want a friend. You know, it, it's a great layer to his character. Um, and I'm with you, Ryan, like he it is amazing how good he is at playing a heel and he's also this good at playing a face and we're still like, he's not really a face. Like, you know what I mean? Like in the back of our brains, we're like, I can't buy this because we know who he is. Yeah, and like, what, what Gordon's saying in chat, I'm not buying it. Yeah. You just can't buy that. This is, this is real, which Part of like I don't know where I want to go with this. I'll be honest. Do I want Adam Cole to betray MJF and MJF be like I open my heart and I get this? Fuck it, I'm going worse. Or do I want MJF to pull back and be like, sorry, I just can't. You know what's even great, Ryan? And I'm going to pull up a, a tweet here on the screen because MJF has always been great at living his character kayfabe on and off the screen. And I saw this come through. I don't know when this was. I can't see when the date was. Oh, here it is. Uh, this came out uh, yesterday. He put this tweet out. Uh, I'll pull it up on the screen just so you can see it, Ryan. Uh, I know it's a little small, but you get the point here. Uh, so he said, uh, an email from a fan after my busted open radio town hall in NYC. Dear Max, I hope this letter finds you in good health and high spirits. I'm writing to express my utmost gratitude for your kindness towards my son, JR, yesterday at the town square. JR hasn't stopped talking about you, and your kindness has left a lasting impression on both of us. Seeing JR happy and excited after his encounter with you brings immense joy to my heart. It is truly incredible how a small act of kindness can brighten someone's day 
and create such a positive impact. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to show compassion towards JR. Your genuine care and attention made a world of difference to him, and it reaffirms my faith in the goodness of people. It's heartwarming to know that there are individuals like you who are willing to go out of their way to bring a smile to a child's face. Good luck in Wembley with warm regards. P.S. Never feel like people hate you. You are this generation of someone who is paving the way to this. So, uh, he meant to say squared circle and did it the right way. And that's nothing to take lightly. Omar. And he says, well, Omar, I've shut my fans out entirely out of the fear of being vulnerable. I'm not scared anymore. Sunday is about more than the memory or than the money, the championship, the accolades, and even the triple B. Okay. Maybe not this triple, the triple B, but you get my point. This is about showing kids of the next generation. Anything is possible. If you bust your ass to obtain a dream, Yours sincerely five foot, nothing ADD riddled Jew boy. And he put this picture up with the kid. So again, he's sort of like towing this line as a baby face, but sort of being a heel. And my next favorite thing, Shlong, is you probably can't really see this that well. But Nina Friedman, my sweet little boy is back. And he said, fuck off, mom. This week is about me. Go away. That's why it's amazing because he still does stuff like that. I mean, I think what what this really has done, and I don't know where they're going to go with it. So this isn't me predicting he goes baby face. This is me saying, no, that this angle has kind of given them the route if they want to go with it, where you don't have to change him a whole lot. He is still a scumbag. He can say he is still a scumbag. He could just say, but I like to have friends. I like to be loved. Like you can do both things. So yeah. if they ever decide that's where they want to go, they they now have the route where he doesn't have to change a whole lot about him. He can, instead of being a scumbag towards like the random fan and, and insulting them, he can insult just the wrestlers and stuff. But I still have a feeling at the end of this, we're still going to see uh heel. Max. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're turning him face. Even though they can make money with him as a face, he's just, he's a heel, man. He's hes the best heel working in the game today, in my opinion. And that's not, not just because we do an AEW podcast. It is truly because when he's a heel, he works that heel gimmick 24 hours a day, seven days a week, online, offline, in front of the screen, you know, in front of, uh, you know, people at a convention. I mean, I remember early on when they were doing some of the convention circuits, what did he do? They charged like $500 for a photo or something like that. And people paid it and he just sat there. He, he was eating yogurt. I think he didn't even pose or smile for a picture. He just sat he had there. Wardlow sign his stuff. At one point. Yes, he did have Wardlow sign. And then, um, you know, he'll just like basically give little kids the finger and stuff like he's the best one doing it today. I think something's going to happen here. We know he's not going to go face. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be a massive thing. And then um, we'll see what's next for him. But I don't think it, he will be done with uh, Adam Cole. That's for sure. I agree. So. Let's move on. We'll talk about Adam Cole later, but let's move on to our next match in the night. It was John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix. Now, both teams involved in the match on Sunday were barred from ringside. They mentioned that here uh, on commentary. 
And again, Phoenix just has an incredible match on television for free. Um, he's just amazing. I don't love the robe or the, the cape gimmick they're doing with him as he comes to the ring. Don't love that. But eh. listen, I didn't like it when they did it with, with, uh, with Pac when Pac was in the, the WWE when they were trying to do that superhero gimmick with him. I thought it was corny. Yeah, this feels a little different than that. It certainly does, but I just don't like it. I don't know. I don't love it. Anyway, it's a small nitpick. Uh, at the end of this match, Moxley does win by referee stoppage with a sleeper hold. Phoenix just won't stay down, so uh, he gets him in the he gets him in uh, the sleeper uh, and locks it in and and chokes him out. Post match is when the Blackpool swarm in on Ray Phoenix. Uh, and they have uh, they have crowbars. They pick him up and they they hit him across the head with the crowbar. Um, and that's when um, uh, Penta and Eddie Kingston show up to make their way down the ring, but they're stopped by somebody on the ramp who is swinging the Mad Ball at them, dun, dun, dun. and it's Ortiz. And they pan the camera slightly to the side and you could see behind them and the, the video goes with the music. Santana is back. And they take Penta and Eddie out um, and, um, you know, go into the ring. The best friends show up and the, the, the bad guys run off. But clearly now we know that or Santana and Ortiz uh, are, you know, part of this Blackpool team. There is that history with Eddie, so I'm sure that's how we're going to explain this. And uh, with the best friends. And with the best friends, yes, you're right. Uh, but the medics do come down after the match with a stretcher to take Phoenix away and go to break. Um, and they do go to break, and when they come back, they recap what happened, and they do cut to Phoenix being loaded into an ambulance. And Eddie Kingston doesn't want to deal with cameras right now, but Renee Paquette rolls up for an interview. He asks if she saw what her husband did and asks how she could be okay with this. He says he's going to fix it at Wembley. He also swats her hand away with the microphone. Uh, so Renee having a tough night um, as a roving reporter. But this is clearly one of the things that uh, one of the rewrites that uh, we thought we were going to see here. Now, the rumor mill is that um, Phoenix uh, is missing all in because he's trying to establish residency in the United States. And he hasn't left the country yet because he hasn't been able to do to establish his residency. That's apparently why he didn't work Triple Mania. Um, and this is, you know, likely explains why they wrote him off tonight. Um, and now that match is a five on five, not a six on six. So they're not pulling a, a replacement in for Phoenix and they're not going to find a third for the Blackpool. So it's five on five stadium stampede, uh, and or Santana and Ortiz will be part of it. Um, now Shlong, I don't know all the rules of establishing a residency in the United States. Seems weird that you're not allowed to leave the country, but, uh, apparently he can't oh. leave. No, there are some weird rules about that. Um, I can't remember exactly. Like, I never had to do it myself, obviously, but I, I had friend, like uh, family members who have had to do it, and I do remember, like, they had to stay for a certain amount of time. It's really weird. Um, I was thinking if they were going to keep it six on six, 
I was going to be like, wow, they must have really thought he'd have this figured out, and he didn't. Going to five on five lets me know that they had they knew this for a while, and that's why they just never found a fifth. For, I mean, a sixth for um, Blackpool, which makes a lot of sense. You, you made it yeah. seem like a story, and then it didn't have to be. I mean, it sucks because Ray Phoenix is awesome, and I'm sure he would have loved to have wrestled in front of eighty thousand people. He had a great match tonight. I mean, he. I tell you what, they put him out the right way. He, uh, he yeah. looked like he could win a couple times. And he took a beating after, but he looked real good. He had a couple. There's one spring, like it was like a springboard back shoulder check against Mox. I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Um, he looked really good. So it sucks, but can't. I mean, that's this is it's business. You can't. I mean, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Nothing to do about it, but um, it is great to see Santana and Ortiz back together. We had heard. Uh, or back on TV, they did say, you know, it's been a year since we've seen Santana. Ortiz has been sort of off. He was involved a little bit, and then he's been off. So it's good to see them uh, back on television. Now, I know when Santana got hurt and left, uh, their relationship was apparently not in the best places, and some people are saying it's still not repaired, but they're willing to work together. Um, you know, I assume when you're being told you can work in front of 80,000 at Wembley at the biggest event in wrestling that you're just going to be like, yep, we'll deal with it. Um, but um glad to see them back uh, on television. We've been talking about this for weeks. There's been like not really hints, but like somewhat and everybody kind of wanted it and minute you saw Ortiz, you knew Santana was coming. It was just, Santana looks huge. Um, it was really good. I get them saying, oh, they're still not on the best of terms, but they're willing to work together. To me, that reads as like, you can't be on that bad of terms. Then. Like, you're, you may not be the best friend you were, you know, whatever, a year and a half ago, but you're probably still okay. You're just not as close as you once were, which is fine. I'm just glad they're back. I hope after this they stay as a tag team and they get a shot at the belts because they deserve it. They certainly do. Uh, and, um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, Jesse. Good to see you again. Sorry I missed you last week. Um, But, yeah, I, I Ryan, I agree with you. As soon as I saw Santana, I was like, he is huge. Um, and not in a bad way. He looked like he's been working out hard. It's that thing where like a guy gets hurt, especially his lower body gets hurt. So all he has to do is lift his upper body. Yeah. You saw, I think Mox did it in the WWE when he came back for like his last run there, he came back like much bigger than he ever was. Like it's a really interesting thing when, and it's a weird side effect of a lot of these guys getting hurt that they come back much bigger like muscle wise because i guess all you have to do is lift weights yeah and it's wild too remember when trent left uh and and got hurt he had his neck fusion he came back and he was like ripped he wasn't necessarily bigger but he was just like well defined yeah. like um pretty incredible santana looked great i mean ortiz you know couldn't really tell with what he had on uh but he looked like he was in fine shape so should be a fun match sunday uh, in that stadium stampede now five on five Shlong, we do go we do go to a pre-tape with uh the stunning renee paquette 
where she's talking to Sammy Guevara asking why he helped Chris Jericho, but 2.0 and Garcia roll up and give him some shit for helping Chris. But Sammy says that Jericho's his friend and he doesn't agree with everything he does, but he's blinded by his friendships with Don Callis. True. Uh, but he's blinded by his friendship with Callis, and when friends are wrong, you really have to be there for them. And Parker says they're worried about him being blinded by friendship and asks if Jericho will be there for him like he is for Chris. And there is a little stare down between Garcia and Sammy Guevara. So interesting because when Sammy uh, made the save last week for Jericho, you know, he came out looking like a face. Jericho clearly looked like a face because he got attacked. Um, But a valid point by, you know, the XJAS basically saying he accepted Don Callis. You know, he said yes. And then Don Callis turned on him because of the photo. You know, that's the only reason it didn't work out because of the painting. The wonderful painting by Mel, by the way. Um, so, um, so it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this Gar- Garcia, or no, I'm sorry, this, uh, this. Sammy Guevara. This is a Sammy Guevara. Ooh, I like it. Um, so see where they go with that storyline, and if it's going to lead to something with Garcia, I mean, sign me up. You know, my biggest fear is. If they have the former JAS turn on Jericho to the point where they interfere with the match, whatever, that's kind of like, I don't really want fuckery in the match, but if you're going to do it, that's the route I'd prefer they go. Um, What I don't want is Sammy to turn. You're just now getting some, like he got a baby face reactions for the first time in a long time when they've been trying. And the worst thing you could do now would be to have that. Like, I just don't, I don't think it would get the right kind of like, I don't think fans would suddenly be like, Oh, we hate him for the reasons they want to hate. They want him hated. Right? No, I hear what you're saying. That's valid. Um, but I also don't think there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be any fuckery in the match, maybe after the match, because don't forget, we got to get to all out too. Right? So, um, maybe after the match, something happens, but I'm, I'm hoping that nothing happens to affect the outcome of this match. Yeah. So. I'm kind of maybe hoping at the very end, they do something to him and Sammy, like they Osprey wins clean. Cause I just think that's the way it should go. And then like, he thinks they're an Osprey and I mean, Osprey doesn't really have like Osprey and whoever else. Well, he has his United Empire buddies, mm-hmm. but they're out there beating down Jericho and Sammy. And here comes the JAS. And you think, okay, they, they, they took Sammy's words to heart and then they turn on Sammy and, and Jericho. I'd be fine with that. Well, we'll have to see on Sunday. But leading up to that, we now have Shivani in the ring um, with uh, the table. That's right, Tony Schiavone. Interesting. He's in the ring uh, with the table for the contract signing for Jericho versus Osprey, and they go to Don Callis and Osprey first. And Don Callis says that says that he did what he did. Uh, why he did what he did can be summed up in four words: Will by God, Osprey nerve anyway 
And he said the only thing that would have him uh, have been better than Jericho and the Callis family is playing a part in ending Y2J's career. So, yeah, he threw away friendship in favor of money and power. And Osprey, uh, he also says that uh, Jericho almost died a couple years ago in in England, and he's going to make sure Sunday that Will Osprey finishes the job with his hands. And Osprey talks about how the match is going to change his life. And the day before he fights Jericho, he's got an indie date. That's a Rev Pro 11th anniversary uh, show. He's uh, fighting against Shingo Takagi. Um, and he's doing that because he's trying to put food on his table. And he's going to be the only guy who can say he's beaten Kenny Omega, Okada, and Jericho in two months' time. And that's going to make a big difference in six months when his New Japan contract is up. He knows he's the best wrestler in the world, better than the elite, Danielson, Punk, or Jericho himself. And it's a rocket ship for him and his future, and he signs that contract. So Jericho says Will wouldn't have accomplished what he did without him. Because five years ago when the whole wrestling world was predicting that Osprey would wind up in a wheelchair before 30, like his hero, the Dynamite Kid, he decided to cold call Will and told him, you know, tell him to tone it down. And he listened, and now here they are at Wembley, Jericho versus Osprey. But where Will is coming at it from the bottom, Jericho is coming at it from the top. With every dipshit on the internet predicting his demise, he's going to have to be the best Jericho he's ever been, and Osprey will need to be his best to have any hope of beating him. And he said, don't make me regret calling, uh, don't make him regret calling five years ago and keeping you out of the wheelchair. But Osprey advances, you know, Jericho slaps him and a brawl ensues. Security does their best to sort of break it up. Tony almost gets taken out in the brawl. I think Taz even says, you better get out of there before you break a hip, which I thought was funny. And we go to Such break. a shot at Scavoni. I love fucking Taz is great. Um, so Shlong, listen, um, I didn't have any problem with this and I actually like this a lot because for, for a match that, as they said, was supposed to take place in 2021, this is a match that's been a long time coming. They've been, you know, Jericho's called that out. They've built this in very little time. You know, they, they basically just had it happen last week. So now it's week two of this build and for something that a lot of people might not have known about, the fact this match was supposed to take place, uh, I feel like this segment made it seem really, really important. And I don't like table contract signings, you know, uh, because somebody inevitably always goes through the table or a brawl ensues. But I just thought that the 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 venom that they both had on the microphone made this feel really personal and really important. This was one of the rare table contract signings that was awesome and did exactly what it needed to do without any weird stuff to it. This view didn't have, it had something, but it didn't have a lot of it. Um, people were weirded, were confused by the segment last week. I don't know why. I thought it was pretty simple, but people were confused because they didn't understand, like, why did Callus have that? Why did. And the whole thing was he thought he'd be betrayed. He wasn't. So now it's a thing. Um, 
they gave Omega a good motive reason, which I don't think people have not Omega Osprey, a good reason, which I don't think people knew. Um, it wasn't just that he hates Omega. It was, it was that he needed to beat Omega. He needed to beat Okada. He needs to beat Jericho because his contract, which I don't actually know if that's true or not, if his contract's up, but if it is his contract's up, he wants these names under his belt because that makes him more money. That's so logical. And Jericho fits in that circle. Because Jericho is in AEW, where they'd be bidding for his contract, and Jericho mm-hmm. was in New Japan, where they would they'd be bidding for his contract, and Jericho was in WWE, where they would be bidding for his contract. So, like, beat one of their biggest stars, and hit, you get something. So, like, there is a lot to say about that. That was very logical. Um, and then Jericho's side of it, kind of being like, "What the hell, man?" Yeah, I lo- I looked out for you for no reason. Like, I just was helping you out, and this is what you do. Like, there's, like, you would be really pissed off if someone you you helped just through the goodness of your heart betrayed you. Like, you're going to be mad. So every aspect of this was great. I, I This was, like I said, one of the rare um, contract signings where they nailed every side of it. No, like, yeah, both guys got the motivation. I'm now excited for this match. I was always excited. I like Jericho and Osprey's great. Um, but yeah, should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. It feels really important now after this. And, you know, Osprey just looked like a, a fucking tiger in a cage pacing in that ring with a mic. Like it it looked and felt perfect. So there was one point, I just want to say this real quick. There was one point where he, we, there was a weird camera. I, I loved the camera. Angle. I'm going to say it's weird, but it was mm-hmm. great. Where he went right up to like close to the camp, he was stepping in front of it, and you could see Jericho blurry over his shoulder. Yeah, you don't. I've never seen that, and I thought it was amazing. Like that was a really cool shot. You know what else I love too, Schlong? Is at one point he got right up to Jericho, and Shivani had the presence of mind to sort of put his arm up to keep us like be like, hey, you know, step back, you know, no physicality, you know. Um, which is also sort of great. It's like a real thing somebody might do. You know what I mean? Instead of like, you know, I think it was uh, last week when they had to sit down with Omega and he got beat down and JR just kind of stood up and took a step back and shook his head. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was great. That was amazing. There was no reason to even cut to JR as you're beating down Omega. Like, what was that about? It was very funny. Very funny. But we move on. And as we get back from commercial schlong, we have the other half of the sit down with the brochachos. It is the gorgeous Renee Paquette with Adam Cole. And he talks about how unexpected his friendship with Max uh, is and how grateful he is for Max's help finding himself again. He says he didn't get into wrestling with the notion of just being a wrestler. He has to be the best wrestler and he's won titles around the globe, but the AEW world championship is the greatest of all time. And he doesn't want to win the match. He needs to win the match. And then he gets really serious uh, and says there are no issues between him and Max. Uh, he doesn't know what everybody's talking about. They're fine. He's done. And he walks off. And what I found interesting about this long is that was almost like a. It's not meant to be a heel thing, but it looks very heelish, right? Getting up and walking out. I'm done with this. I leave. So it's almost funny how now it's been sort of reversed, right? Like MJF is being super face and Adam Cole now does something a little more heelish. Be like, you know what? This interview's over. I'm leaving. So 
Um, I didn't have a problem with this. We needed to see the other side of the coin, right? Yeah, this was this this was kind of like the nice mirroring of of MJF's interview. I think you need to see both guys. It's gonna make whoever turns that much better because they both seem so likable in these interviews. So that's that's what the thing I'm taking away is that they're doing a very good job of making these guys likable. Yeah, and and again, I I think when they first announced this, it was almost like, man, can this is this enough to be a main event? And it's just they've continued to build this the right way to make this feel super important and like it's more than a championship on the line. It's their friendship. It's their brotherhood, right? And that's that's a perfect way to sort of build here. Um, so I liked it. So we'll see. We're going to talk about them again in a little bit here. So the story's not all the way over. But the next match that we had was Darby Allen and Nick Wayne versus the Mogul Embassy. That's A.R. Fox and Shane Swerve Strickland in a Tornado Tag Match. Of course, this is sort of the, the preview a little bit of the coffin match they have scheduled for all in with sting and uh, Darby versus uh, AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. So as we get to the end of this match, um, Nick, uh, Nick Wayne just won't stay down. He keeps kicking out and um, AR uh, goes for the 450 splash, but nobody's home. So Nick is able to trap, trap him. Um, Darby is on the outside. So is Swerve. He's trying to get back in. The camera angle here just didn't catch it, but Darby was holding Swerve Strickland from getting into the ring. And Darby Allen and Nick Wayne do win by pinfall with that European clutch pin from Nick Wayne on AR Fox. In post-match, Swerve grabs the mic and he starts laughing, saying that he is he's disappointed. And he means at Fox. Because every time he gets the opportunity of a lifetime, he blows it. And he asks AR why he's such a loser. And that this was really a test and he couldn't beat an 18-year-old. So he can't trust him. Not in this match and not against, uh, not in a match with 80,000 people at Wembley. So he tells Nana to handle the business. And Nana fires Fox from the Mogul Embassy. And that's when Brian Cage comes out to the ring to hit a lariat and the drill claw. And so AR Fox is essentially out of the Mogul Embassy after just going into it. Um, but then Darby Allen returns to the ring with uh, Sting and Nick Wayne in tow. Um, and he says that he meant it when he said he'd always give Fox credit for getting him. And he helps AR Fox to his feet and hugs him, telling him he loves him. And then Darby turns to Shane and asks him who he asked for London now. And that's when Swerve and Nana left and Christian and Luchasaurus enter the ramp. And Luchasaurus asked Darby and Sting if they're going to introduce him to his little friend there. Says it's nice to meet Nick Wayne. He understands that he has a father who's dead. He said he never heard of Buddy Wayne before, so he must not be very good. But the good news is uh, because his dad was such a, a talentless hack, he doesn't have a lot to live up to. And he goes on a few for a few minutes here uh, to sort of talk about Nick Wayne's dead father. And at one point, Schlong, I'm not going to lie, towards the end, uh, he said, if you play your cards right, I thought he was going to allude to being his new father. 
because they had Nick Wayne's mom sitting right at ringside. I thought he was going to make a dating his mom joke or something. He didn't wind up doing that. But just, man, the venom out of, and I know that's the second time I'm using that word, but geez, just the, the, the venom coming out of Christian in this promo was amazing. Um, and before I throw to you here, Schlong, I just want to say here too, this, uh, this likely is another one of those changes um, to the card that Tony Khan was calling, uh, was talking about yesterday. Now, there's no reason that I found anywhere as to why AR Fox wouldn't be able to make the trip over. Maybe this was planned. Maybe it wasn't. Um, you know, but we don't know yet. Maybe more will come out as to why. It just sucks because I really liked what AR Fox was doing with Swerve. Unless this is a swerve um you know uh it's gonna be christian cage and uh swerve strickland versus darby and sting in a coffin match and this also adds another layer to darby's match at all out versus luchasaurus so um schlong i would love to get your take on the post match ar fox like all this stuff and especially christian's fucking just for lack of a better term, burying Christian sees a wrestler with a, with a deceased dad, and he's like, I got this. Don't worry. I know what to do. Boy, my fucking God, he goes all out on them. Jesus Christ. Um, no pun intended, actually. And I usually intend my puns. Uh, so, yeah, Christian is, listen, but I always feel like Christian's the type that would run that stuff by people, so I don't think that's... I also believe, and I know this is going to sound weird. I think if you're a wrestler coming in and you, you're, you've you used, and I don't mean this negatively because it's going to sound like, like I'm saying it negatively, but I don't like, but you've used your dad's legacy as part of your own story. Um, you have to be open then for, for stuff to be the opposite to be set because it just, it, it just, that's the way it works. Um, match was great. AR Fox at one point did like a, Power bomb or something weird off the. I can't remember exactly what the move was. He slammed Nick Wayne on his back off the turnbuckle, mm-hmm. and it just looked vicious. I mean, I am hoping that this is as weird as it sounds. I hope this. I'm hoping this is a real life issue that prevented Air Fox from going over, because Air Fox was was just killing it with with Swerve, and truthfully, the loss this match doesn't really justify the loss he just took doesn't really justify being kicked out so quickly. Uh, so it could be quote, like they hate to say it, it could be a swerve. He could be in the coffin and come out and they could think, or he could, or Darby, Nick Wayne and stink. I think he's on their side now and he could betray them again. I don't usually, I'm going to be honest, not my favorite thing. I don't really like that back and forth swerve, but there's some logic to it. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're trying, but to me, this felt like something happened between the time they originally booked it and now for some reason AR can't go. And I hope it's nothing major. Like I hope it's just a very stupid minor real life situation where it's like because it sucks for AR. He I would yeah. love for him to perform it in front of eighty thousand fans. Um so I'm really hoping it's something stupid where it's like, oh he's fine and he'll be fine. But who knew this little thing was going to keep us like Ray Phoenix's thing is kind of minor. Like He's just trying to establish residency. There's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with his family. Right. Obviously, Air Fox doesn't have to do residency, but I'm just hoping there's something because he has, I think he's been killing it. So, and clearly oh, yeah. he's puts up a great match. 
Yeah, I mean, some of the things that AR Fox does in the ring, like I can't recall seeing some of this stuff ever before. Like that inverted, you know, um, you know, that inverted front flip he does off the second rope to the outside. The he pulled off some moves like a corkscrew neck breaker that I don't think I've ever maybe seen as vicious before. And he pulled off some other move that I don't think I've seen him do before tonight on Nick Wayne when they couldn't get the pin. Um, so it just kind of sucks because it would have been great for AR Fox to sort of reach that, that mountaintop in front of 80,000 people, you know, um, he's just been doing great, but um, it, it feels like it can't be anything he's done work-wise because he's been killing it. So it definitely feels like either this was always the story and they just, um, yeah. Uh, Thomas Gibbons just put in chat from AEW review show. SRS said AR Fox has not wrestled outside the U S since 2016, but does not know why. Uh, okay. That's weird. But at the same point you would think it, it could be something, it could be something legal. Yeah. You know, you no, know, but I'm, my thought is like, if you're booking the card, then why wouldn't you have known that? But I don't know. But, the, but then again, maybe like, I hate to say it, I know this is going to sound stupid. People are going to like, people will jump on like, this is something Tony should know Tony, Tony Khan, but like maybe he just assumed he could like, well, it could maybe Ryan. And again, you and I are not legal experts, but if it was something where maybe legally he couldn't leave the United States, or maybe he would have to seek permission to work outside of the United States and they were working towards that. It was looking good. And then all of a sudden found out, nope, not approved. He can't leave the country or something. You know, I guess it's like, yeah, you should probably know better. But, you know, what can you do? It, it just sucks. For me, I think it sucks for AR Fox because, you know, he's been doing really great work. And I've really loved what he's been doing with, with Swerve and the Mogul Embassy. So to see them bust that up so quickly sucks but he's really great in the ring. So um, we'll see where the story goes next, but um, I do enjoy the little, I do enjoy the added sort of, um, you know, storyline inserting Christian cage here because Darby Allen has the match against Luchasaurus at the next show all out in Chicago. So it does add another element to that, you know, um, there's a lot of interesting things going on here. So we'll see. I'm sure, you know, like we said before, Tony said that he's going to talk more about some of the changes that they had to made make after the show. Maybe he will go into this one. Maybe he'll get asked about it. Um, so we'll have to see. We'll see what eventually comes out. But either way, we move forward, Schlong. Uh, and we go to our angel. Renee Paquette, a busy night interviewing FTR and the Young Bucks. And the Bucks thank FTR for saving them lately, and FTR say that they need to know who's better with no excuses. And the Bucks talk how wild it is to have a show with 80,000 in attendance and how FTR need this match for their legacy. But FTR say that it goes far beyond the titles, and it's about FTR's legacy. And on Monday... um. He doesn't want to, they don't want to have uh, to explain to their family why they lost. Uh, and Matt Jackson takes credit for getting FTR 
to AEW and to All In and says that the Bucks will be remembered as the greatest team ever, but FTR will be remembered as the guys they mentioned on YouTube once Dax Harwood says 80,000 people um, means they'll make them and they'll crack their family. Or, or, uh, but Dax Harwood, excuse me, I just rambled on there like I had a stroke. Jesus. Um, but Dax goes on. Sorry, it's been a long day. Dax goes on to basically say that 80,000 people means that that they've made it and um, that they're the new foundations in AEW and that they're going to crack the foundation that the Young Bucks have laid already. And now we go to break. So again, we're just building the intrigue to this match. Again, we talked about a little bit before, Schlong. They've been making the saves you know, because again, for this reason, no excuses, who's going to be best each team has one win. This is going to settle it sort of once and for all. Um, so I, I don't mind, I don't mind this. Um, I, you know, did they need to do a sit down? Maybe not, but it's just building to the pay-per-view. Yeah. This didn't bother me. I mean, it, it's just for further confirming what we kind of already knew, but you wanted to, Again, you are in the go-home dynamite. You kind of want to show something. I mean, you had the earlier segment, but at this point, this is probably... It's it's your your one... Like, it's if, if it's not your biggest card of the match, it's one, two. Like, it's, it's you know, it's this. It's um, MJ, oh, MJF Adam Cole. Like, those are your two biggest matches on the card. Uh, I think I said card on the match. Wow. Um, but they're, they're your two biggest matches on the card. So it doesn't hurt to give them a lot of time because they're the ones people are most interested in at the moment. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we know what's at stake here. So what's going to be interesting Schlong, is to see which way they go here and then what's, what's next for whoever wins, you know? Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, when we come back, uh, from the break there, uh, Ruby Soho and sky blue are going to have their match. Um, and there are a couple inset promos from Ruby and from Sky Blue as the match sort of gets started when Ruby jumps on Sky Blue before she gets in the ring. But the most interesting thing, Schlong, is that in Ruby's sort of inset promo that they have during her entrance, she says that uh, one of her friends is going to be bringing home the women's world title. Um, but she's going, she's going for the TBS championship, she's looking at Chris Statlander. So that's interesting. Um, and as we get to the match, um, uh, Ruby Soho does win by pinfall with the destination unknown. So I didn't think any of us thought that sky blue was going to win this. I think they're trying to get to Ruby Chris Statlander. Maybe they will put that on all in if they don't, I think it's likely to happen it all out. Um, so um, we'll see what happens there, but an interesting turn of events with that TBS championship. Yeah, I don't know how you wouldn't put these two on all all in. Um, Ruby and Statlander. Statlander's one of your top three, probably most popular wrestlers. I mean, women definitely top three women is probably top one of the top ten most popular in general in in AEW. Um, I think it'd be really. I think. It'd be really good to put, I think, just to in front of the AD, and plus just to have the multiple women's matches on the card. Like, do it. Put the put the goddamn match on the card. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think that that could be something they look to add, and hopefully not on a pre-show. But 
you know, in front of 80,000 would be great to have another women's match. Uh, all right, Shlong, we do get a promo here from Roderick Strong and the Kingdom uh, backstage. And Strong keeps it pretty simple. He says that by the end of All In, uh, we'll see the real Adam Cole and the real Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And he is, of course, standing with the Kingdom, who are there to support him while he's wearing his classic neck brace. So Schlong, I don't know what that I don't know what that means if we're being quite honest. Are they going to come in at the end? Is Roddy going to you know turn on somebody here? You know, is is Roddy going to maybe jump on MJF and then Adam Cole defends MJF and now we're on to a Roddy Adam Cole program? Is you know Roddy going to turn on Adam? You know what there's a lot of different ways they can go here. Don't want Roddy to turn on Cole. I don't want the kingdom to turn on Cole. I kind of like the idea that he goes with them. I mean, I know it would make him heal, but I just kind of like that idea because I don't want, it's more just that I don't want them with MJF. Now, if they turn on him and they have nothing to do with MJF, then I'm good with it. Mm -hmm. It's more, and it's not, it's not a knock on them or MJF. I'm just, I don't like MJF on his, his own for a little while. So the best case scenario is one of two things. They're on Cole's side the whole time and Cole is a bad, bad man. Or they betray Cole, but they have nothing to do with MJF. They just really hate Adam Cole. And either way, I'm okay with it then. Well, it's gonna be interesting to see how they play out Roddy Strong. He has been um he has been uh suffering here without his friend Adam Cole. I also enjoyed Schlong last week when he kicked the Ferrari wheel and then they show him backstage icing down his foot as he's also wearing his neck brace. I thought that was so funny. He's great. That fucking neck brace gets me every time. Love it. Uh, so next up, we do get a video package from the House of Black about retiring Billy Gunn. Um, and, um, you know, they basically throw his boots into a trash compactor. And the Acclaim show up uh, with no music, no fanfare. And Bowen says it's no more mind games, no more fun with the Acclaimed. And they want to have the House of Black in the ring right now for a fight. Lights go down, music hits, House of Black obliges. And it's a three-on-two brawl with Julia Hart watching. And the House of Black's numbers advantage does play out sort of like you'd expect it. But then Daddy Ass makes the save. And he gets on the mic after the House of Black leaves and says that they wanted his attention. Now they've got it. So he's going to explain to them what they've done. And he says that a few weeks ago, he sat in the ring and took off his boots, put him down, did the two hardest things he's ever done. Uh, and one was walk out on Max and Anthony. Two was leave behind a good career. But he was okay with it until they, they jumped the acclaimed and busted Max open and hurt one of his kids. Those were his words. He called them his kids. But that wasn't enough. They took his boots and destroyed them. Trying to tear down a legacy it took 32 years to build. And he's done some stuff in the business that will go down in wrestling history forever. And he says he's a Hall of Famer in the House of Black. Pissed all over that. So, you know, for that, one more time, it's going to be all or nothing at all in. In front of 80,000 people, he'll take everything from them. It'll be the House of Black versus the Acclaimed. And unfortunately, Daddy Ass can't make the trip. But there is a guy he thought we'd never see again. And he guarantees they'll wish 
they'd never seen it see him again because there's a badass coming to London. And that would be the badass Billy Gunn schlong. He's what is the difference? Well, I think what's going to be interesting here, Schlong, is like they came out, no music, no no fanfare tonight. Maybe, maybe they're going to go a little more serious here, right? No, you know, no rapping. This is going to be a fight. So maybe Daddy Ass is a little more fun, easygoing. But you know the badass Billy Gunn. He's he's straight business. What if they come out to an, a very famous daddy ass theme? Degeneration X. Sorry. I would rather hear I'm an ass man. No, I just was thinking like I, you said no music. So I went to like, all right, what music has he had? And I just think the curveball that would throw everyone off is that they walk out to DX's theme. Oh my God. There's no way they'd be able to do that. But no, that God, would be, no. a, could you imagine if that music hit? People would lose their fucking mind. They'd go insane. But he is. Oh, you froze on me, Schlong. Sorry. I said he is an ass. He is an ass man. He does. He does like to squeeze him, stick Mm -hmm. him, kick him. Mm -hmm. I think he might add lick him now. Maybe kiss. I think kiss him was definitely in there. Yeah. But nowadays you'd add the lick him. You got to add the lick him. It's for the kids. The kids, you know, kids love it, I guess. Um, Schlong, is this a match that you needed added to the all-in card? Needed? No. Am I upset that it is? Not at all. That's going to look cool as fuck when they walk, when, when, um, House of Black walks out and they're, the, the crowd, everybody, everyone loves the acclaimed and that is very true. So you're going to have a lot of people very happy. So I, I'm fine with this. This is, again, some of this card is just getting very happy, popular wrestlers back on the card, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. No, I agree. It'll be fun to see the House of Black. I mean, those guys deserve to be on that show too. Um, so we'll see what they do here. But... um we go into um, the main event of the night, and that's Aussie Open versus the Hardy Boys for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. And commentary lets us know they're going to stick around as long as the action, you know, warrants it. Uh, and right before 10 o'clock, Aussie Open win by pinfall with Aussie Arrow and Jeff Hardy retaining their tag team championship. And post-match, Davis gets on the mic and tells the crowd to shut up and Fletcher says there will be no kangaroo kick, no double clothesline. They will retain the tag titles against MJF and Adam Cole. And that's when Adam Cole and MJF come to the ring and brawl with Aussie Open. And the tag team champs overwhelm them and beat them down. But Cole breaks free and um, and they take them out. And then calling for uh, the cl- double clothesline uh, on Dunkzilla Davis. But he's able to evade. And then Fletcher's hanging, Fletcher's hanging back. So MJF is lining up for the kangaroo kick, but Davis is able to, to cut that off as well. Um, so holding Fletcher up, Cole goes for, uh, MJF is holding Fletcher up. Cole goes in for a super kick, but Kyle ducks and MJF catches the kick. 
and he does not look happy. So they get face to face. They're sort of staring down each other. MJF grabs his title and holds it up. Um, Cole sort of looks at it and he's nodding his head. Adam holds his hand out, but MJF cold shoulders him, actually bumps shoulders with him. And Adam is on his way out. But with, um, or I'm sorry, MJF is on his way out. Um, and Adam's back is turned and MJF takes the dynamite diamond ring out of his pocket. He is thinking before about it, but then he puts it back. He takes it off, puts it back in his pocket, deciding, you know, um, there are better things to do. And they go in for a hug and that is the end of the show. So again, Schlong, we're seeing this, you know, are we on the same page? Is this championship match too much to overcome for these two friends, these brochachos, if you will? Be the last hug. Could be the last hug. Now, Schlong, if, I mean, here's what I'm thinking happens. Something like what happened almost in the ring tonight is going to happen on Sunday in the pre-show match, and then they're going to hate each other. And then that will turn this main event into a war, and we're going to see everything we'd expect to see. Pretty much. I think you're dead on. Um, or they'll, they'll lose, and they'll hug at the end of the tag match, but the hug gets a little aggressive. Oh. And all of a sudden, start wrestling around. Oh. And then they have to kind of like push themselves out of the hug. Uh-oh. So that's the hug is what kills the friendship. Does aggressive hugging lead to anything more? Uh, if we were in the Attitude Era, it would. Okay. I was going to say, I've seen movies that start like this long. Yeah, but the, but we're not allowed to show them, so. Okay. Well, we don't we don't shame anybody here. This is a safe space for everybody. So, oh, this is no shame. This is just oh. me telling you what's going to be. So, Schlong, one thing we didn't get tonight was the retirement of the FTW belt. It was it was scheduled for tonight, but it didn't happen. So they said they are moving it to Collision, and Collision was taping after Dynamite tonight. Yeah. So there's if you don't want, I'm mean, we're not spoiling anything. No. I'm saying the people, if you don't want spoilers, be careful online. Yeah, that uh, that is true. They'll be out there eventually. Um, but Schlong, I thought this, out there now. I mean, I'm not saying could. again. This isn't me saying go get them. This is just me saying if if, if you're not interested in them, avoid them at all cost. Excuse me. Well, Schlong, um, I thought this was a strong go home episode to the pay per view because they had to sort of continue to to push the build up into the end. It's going to be interesting to see what collision looks like, but I'm assuming it's going to look a lot like this. Yeah, this was this was a this was a good time. I was very excited for um for for this dynamite. Uh, they really nailed the go home show, which doesn't not every they don't always nail it. WWE doesn't always. It's a very hard show to to get right, and this one was perfect. It, it did what it needed to do. Well, I'm excited for the show on Sunday. We'll see what Saturday night holds for us with Collision. Um, but expect it to be a good show. Now, um, the Zero Hour is going to be free on YouTube 
uh, and other outlets at noon. And then here in the East, the pay-per-view will start at 1 p.m. And it will be available on Bleacher Report. And they also said standard cable outlets, certain movie theaters, certain Dave & Buster's, and some other places. So so you could see it in all the places you would normally see it. Um, So uh, take a look uh, or or make sure you get your order in and, um, you know, uh, enjoy the show. Um, speaking of all in two schlong, it looks like they had just released it or they're preparing to release it from, uh, uh, on DVD. So, um, if you'd like to own a hard copy of that, uh, show the original all in before AEW was even formed, um, those are, I think going up in shop AEW. So keep an eye out. So Schlong, only a few things to touch on since we've already touched on a bunch here tonight. Um, it has been announced that at All In, Fozzie will be playing Judas live from Wembley Stadium. Um, so uh, Fozzie will be playing in front of 80,000 people, probably the biggest audience they've ever been put in front of live. come on it's gonna be epic the largest sing-along you've ever heard okay um sorry my thing just froze blah 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 um to be honest, Long, I think we touched on everything else already because it was really about the injuries and, and some of the other stuff. So I really don't have anything else. That was it. Fozzie. That's the big news. Well, then it's a quick one, which is only two of us, so that makes sense. But also, there wasn't a whole lot of wrestling to dig into on this show. Like, it's all build. Um, For stuff yeah. we already knew about. Right. I mean, some minor changes. Um, some minor changes to you know, the card and we might see some more changes on Saturday. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's going to be something we'll keep our eye on. I'm looking forward to the show. Um, I don't think I'm going to see it in real time. I'll probably have to, um, have to sort of see it after the fact, but you know, it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. Be a good, good, good time. It's going to be, you know, what's the coolest thing is going to be, Ryan, seeing how it looks with 80,000 people there, like in the crowd, that's, it's going to look crazy. It's going to be insane. Well, I'm excited for it. Well, I think we're all excited for it. We hope you're excited for it. Um, I don't know. We are not planning on doing a post show. We will certainly talk about this next week. Um, but who knows? Maybe, maybe Schlong, maybe we'll do like a prediction show or a final card run through, you know, and we'll put it up there, you know, for the people to see. Um, but, um, but we will keep you guys posted on that. Um, no promises, just something that with all the changes going on might be something we, we talk about. Other than that, Schlong, that's going to be it. This is a record episode tonight. Short, sweet. We just saw each other Saturday. So let's take this one home. Schlong, why don't you plug what you got to plug? You can find me on our socials, uh, mostly on 
Twitter uh, at Mark Order Pod. You can also follow my history blog hereforhistory.com and on that's on socials at uh, underscore here for history. Again, hereforhistory.com, all spelled out. Uh, but just interact with me on our socials at Mark Order Pod. And uh, Ash Long said at Mark Order Pod on all socials. He said Twitter. I don't know what that is. All I have is X. Um, on X. I won't do it. X, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all over the place at Mark Order Pod. Um, and um, make sure you hit that link tree in our bio so that you can support us by picking up a t shirt and proudly displaying that you are a fan of the Mark Order podcast, that you're one of the marks that listens every week. So just go to the link tree, hit the button to our uh, Pro Wrestling Tees store, uh, or go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Pod, or search the Mark Order podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees, and you can find our four t-shirts up for sale, two front prints only, two front and back prints, and the money you spend there comes directly back into this show to be able to put into... Uh, some of the things we need to uh, produce this. Uh, and we thank you in advance uh, for, uh, for your support. Uh, the other thing I'll say is thanks everybody for watching along tonight. Uh, we appreciate you out there. The Jesse Ozogs, of course, Gordon post uh, the broadcast checking in from Australia. Uh, Ryan, would you mind? I hate to put you on the spot. Would you mind throwing up the, the Aussie open symbol for our brothers in the broadcast. He's warming up. I'm been practicing. Been he's practicing. been practicing. We checked it Saturday. He didn't quite have it, but I think he's got it. Ryan is now holding up what looks like. A, I don't know. A square. I don't know. You're close, Ryan, but we hope that the broadcast appreciates that down under. Um, and thanks for tuning in guys. Uh, Thomas Gibbons, uh, Rob Humphrey, who was checking in for a little bit. SJ, Mike Peterson, uh, Scott, George, Eric Freeds, uh, the whole gang who was checking us out live tonight. We appreciate you guys. And we appreciate anybody listening to us in podcast form. Um, uh, so if you've never watched us on YouTube, if you've only listened in podcast form, definitely go try giving us a watch on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes we do some wacky stuff. Ryan's background tonight, by the way, is appropriate. Have you already made your way to the UK? I have, so it's very late here. Looks late with the with the sun coming up or going it's coming up. Exactly, it's morning. Think about it. It's wow, what, five or six a.m. there here. I guess. Well, thanks, Bud, for for doing that. Uh, by the way, we don't expense travel here at the Mark Order Podcast, so that's uh that's on you. Joe said he paid for it. We're good. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a new guy hazing thing. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, for anybody who is listening uh, in podcast form, uh, if you can take a few minutes to subscribe, like, rate, review, that certainly helps us out in the podcast world. Even if you're not listening to us in podcast form, if you could do those things on your podcast platforms where you listen to other shows, it greatly it is greatly appreciated and it helps us out more than you think. Same thing with YouTube. If you haven't checked out our YouTube, go give us a subscribe, like a couple things, you know, leave some comments. It helps us in the algorithms a ton. You think it doesn't, but it really does. And we're trying to crack that 500 subscriber mark. Schlong, I don't know what we're going to do when we hit that 500 mark, but I think we should do some sort of giveaway 
to the one that puts us over the top. I will send no one a signed picture of me. Oh, what we can do is signed eight by 10. I was thinking maybe a shirt. Maybe I do have a couple duplicates with some of the figures and stuff like that. Maybe we could do a little figure gimmick. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but let's start getting those subscriptions up. If you like what you're hearing or watching, definitely share it with your friends. Help us spread the word because we've got some fun stuff coming. As we mentioned earlier in the evening, uh, we want to welcome Asian Joe to the team here at the Mark Order Podcast. Couldn't be here tonight because of some scheduled uh, travel to Georgia after we told him we were going for the show tonight. Um, but he will be back next week. Some you know, new guy hazing and all. Uh, but we should hopefully, Ryan, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, we should hopefully have, see, he's very close with that too. Wow, you're just not really great with your hand signals. Not, just falling apart. It's okay. Fingers crossed that we um, that we uh, have the whole group here next week for a full house here at the Mark Order Podcast. But until then, everybody enjoy the go-home collision and enjoy the pay-per-view Sunday, and we will be back here next week to talk about all of it. the Mark Order This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.